Leah Purcell. Hi, can you hear us? Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's I don't know if you can see me, but it's Brian Andy here. I'm yep. the host of the First Nations Film Club. Um, and I just want to say on behalf of all of us gathered here today, uh, down Coolin Way on Wurundjeri land, thank you for joining us tonight. We just finished watching the film and um, I guess my immediate response was, wow, how, like, can you do that? Like, can you actually take an Australian classic, something that's quite white and patriarchal and male and just make it real black and real deadly? <laughs> Like, yes, we can. Congratulations <laughs> on it. Yeah, like, Leah, tell us, where did that idea come from to, to take Henry Lawson's, um, you know, The Drover's Wife and yeah. reclaim it in such an amazing way? Yeah. Uh, firstly, brother, I just want to acknowledge country of where I sit and create on the Cadigal Wungal country here in um, Eora Nation and just pay my respects to any elders there uh, mm -hmm. past and to the elders past, present and emerging. And um, thank you all for coming out on a Tuesday night to see my film. I hope there's a, a mob there. And, look, it, it, it's a hard one to say enjoy, but I hope it's thought-provoking and I hope the audience felt the power of Blackfellas behind this, Blackfellas on the screen and for the mob to bring, mm. you know, to just be truth-tellers. So that's the... That's the first thing I want to say. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, because that's I wanted Mob to have the power. I wanted Mob to have the power when they seen this film. You know, there's no white saviors in it. She trusted her black people to look after those children. You know, and you see at the end there that he did survive and he kept the race alive by marrying black and you know all them little creamy coloured kids there and different shades and sizes. So you know, I wanted that empowerment across the film. Um, and then the other thing, uh, getting back to your question, bro, um, yeah, look, my mother actually read this story to me when I was a little girl. I was five years old and she had a book and unfortunately she passed away before I could say, Mum, why Henry Lawson, why this story? But she loved to read, even though she had only a, four grade, a grade four education. Um, you know, she was sent out to serve, servitude like a lot of our, our women of that time and men. Um, but she had this book and when she passed away, that's the only thing I took was that little Henry Lawson book. Look, you know, yeah. that's the back. And I just, and I remember it because um, <laughs> I, I wrote in the, in the pages, that's the image of Henry Lawson, what he, how he depicts it. Yeah. And, um, but I, and in these, in the, in the pages, there was Nip, Dora, Dick and Fluff, and they were our grade one readers, you know, yeah. And oh, but that's uh, I can't find it now. But that's my drawing of the heart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, um, so I was five years old. But I reckon I the reason I could I think I related to it so strongly was it was the first time that I was using my imagination as a child, and I put myself in that story. I was that young boy, Danny, in the original. His name is Jack. Um, oh, my mother was the drover's wife. We were on. We were, there was only a handful of. Um, mob living in the township of Mergen and my family was one of them but we were all sort of on the outskirts and so we had a combustion stove my mother could split logs mate she could stack a wood heap she taught me to stack a wood heap she said never stack it hollow otherwise snakes will get in under so I just really could relate to it and there was no my father wasn't around um you know the older brothers and sisters had left home so it was just really me and mum so I saw myself as that boy and I just my mother was my mother my father my hero you know she was 
dare I say it, doing reconciliation before it became trendy. You know, there was always mob at our place. There was always white fellows. Might have been around a carton or forex, but she created peace and people came together. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, like, because I remember studying that particular text in high school. That's how mm-hmm. where I was introduced to Lawson's, um, um, I guess, narrative or story. And I remember as a black fella too being quite, um, I guess, that sting of racism within the story. Like, you know, it doesn't treat the black fella, like the fella who's, uh, you know, very well in the text. Um, which, it's a like, bad black guess, Well, that's the thing that, yeah, we're seeing like in bad eyes. Mm. Um, and like, and what you've done with this film and this story is just really reclaim things in a really beautiful way. Yeah, um, I, 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 that was that was part of the reason because um, there was a couple of reasons. Um I'll start with the women, then I'll come back to the men. Yeah. So this is my great-great-grandmother. She was a drover. Yeah. She was 15, Winton in Goa, Goa country. That's our bloodlined country. And um, so my grandfather was a drover. My mother drove, and she was also the cook. Her, her specialty was goanna and um, damper, I reckon. Yep. Um, there's, I've got other aunties that were all great horse, horse women, and we sort of learned to ride when we were kids. Um, but at the time of sitting down to write Drover's Wife, even though it's because at the time there was the intervention in Northern Territory and our men were getting labelled with, you know, terrible labels that they were no good, they weren't this, they weren't, you know. And I wanted to bring forth my great-grandfather because I know he was an amazing man. That's my great-grandfather, that's Tipo, that's Yarika, yep. based loosely on this one. And we got a, oh, um, beautiful. a relative to do the diary for him. So what the stockmen say to Yarika is almost word verbatim from that diary of what they called him in those days and what they said. Yeah. And I just wanted to make him the hero. I wanted to make our mob the hero, you know. Um, there's no big-name white fellas in there that were taking the lead roles and carrying the story. Me and Rob Collins did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you know, and I and I stand by that. And those all those little children, those four children, they all mob. They all they all different shades of black fellas, South Australia, um, Nunga, um, uh, Glebe, little Glebe runabout there with with Malcolm Dower Roberts, all them Roberts footballers. That's his mob. Um, and and uh, the other two boys are from Broken Hill. You know, we led that. You know what I mean? And the other non-indigenous actors that came on board knew that, and they wanted to come and play. And it was and 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 you know, good on Jess and Sam to take a support role in a show that in a film that they thought was very important, and they were there to back me and Rob, you know, yeah. and bring their best for the story. You know, they weren't worried about top credit. They weren't worried about how many lines they had. They were there because they believed in the story. But getting back to the men's business, I wanted to make this couple of things. I wanted to put our men at the forefront and make them the heroes. I wanted to show that my uncles, my my, my nephews are great fathers, they're great, they're great, great, you know, great, great grandfathers to their children. Um, then there was also stories um, that I wanted, I, I actually laced through of my father, who's non-Indigenous, um, you know, time to put things to rest and to honour what he gave me. And he was, a, he was a great storyteller too, in the sense that he had a great memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, I guess, looking at the at the issue of domestic violence, I want to give that back to the men. You know what I mean? Um, that's not our dreaming. If it's going to be, if they use their fist, that's theirs, and they've got to learn, they've got to work out how to deal with that. And I think we've got to give that responsibility back to the brothers to make that change. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I you know, even though it's the drover's wife, 
it, there is a bit more men's business through there. Um, and, you know, running parallel to what the, um, Molly Johnson, you know, Henry Lawson didn't give her a name. When I sat down to write that, well, we all know it started out as the play. And when I and I had an opportunity to sit down and be part of the Bell Knaves Fellowship. And when I sat down to write that, I um I, I I wrote it in seven days. I just I call it my spew. I just let it all go, you know. But I put the, I found that little book and I sat in beside my computer and I said, I'm not gonna read it. I'm gonna try to remember what my mother told me. And away I went. And um, it wasn't until after I got that first wave of writing out that I went outside and I reread it. And I come back into my partner, Bain Stewart, new knuckle noogie man from Stradbroke Island. And I said, Dale, he doesn't give Drover's wife a name. And I said, and I said, but I'm gonna, you know, and, and I went, and then, then me and him sat down and looked at how Henry Lawson portrayed women, no names, you know, uh, they were somebodies. Um, yeah. And then, and then also at the time of making this film, um, you know, in um, 2019, when those big um, fires come through the snowy mountains, we were there. We just got out a week after and we had two fires coming at us from where I was shooting on that plateau of Molly, where Molly's hut was. And someone made reference in the local paper that women in 2019 on those properties were doing a Molly Johnston. They were trying to make a decision whether they're going to stand and fight and protect their property or take their children and go, you know, while their men were out fighting these properties. So it really resonated on on a lot of on a lot of levels um, with many people for many reasons, which I think is what you want your story to do, to be able to reach an audience, and each one finds their own power within it. Yeah, I guess yeah, we've got we've got a few Mazas in the audience here too. Uh, Rachel Mazza, and we were talking earlier before we um, started off, wondering I guess about the stage play. How much does it differ, like the stage script from the film script or the, what you've presented in the film? Yep. Well, in the um, in the play, two act structure. Although I don't like intervals, but there is the two act structure, and so in the scene in the in the in the movie where auntie's there getting dressed and ready to go to get them kids. In mm-hmm. the play, that happens, and then it starts to snow on the stage, and then and then Molly Johnson says to Danny, when you're old enough, I'm going to introduce you to Robert Parson and John McFarlane, and then they take a breath and they step and it goes to black. So mm-hmm. I left my audience. I deliberately do that with my writing. I leave my audience wanting more. And when it yeah. goes to black, you heard all the audience go, no, no, it's not finished. It can't be. And I was, yes, gotchas. You know? <laughs> yeah. So in the sec- so in the film, as you see, four-act structure, and we go to evidence. So you don't go to evidence in the play. Everyone comes to Molly. There's a peddler. There's a trooper. The trooper comes. There's um, a, a swagman. So all the danger, like the bullock, comes to her in the play on that property. And Everton is spoken about. You only see one child because they've already gone to Miss Shirley's while she's preparing to give birth. Um, the other thing is the Clintoffs don't exist in the play. What I did was in my writing was I wanted to go, how do I bring my white audiences into this film? Um, so that they come and see it, you know, and buy buy the tickets. And I said, I'll I'll um, I'll introduce um, 
Louise Clintoff and Nate Clintoff. Now, Louisa is a nod to Henry Lawson's mother, Louise Lawson. She was a, pr a proprietor of a, of a newspaper. She was the first woman, I think, in Australia to publish, publish her, and it was called The Dawn. And she did yeah. talk about battered wives. She talked about, hus you know, husbands in there drinking. There's another flash word that she used, and I can't remember it at the moment. But, you know, she actually touched on all those issues. The suffragette movement in Australia was happening in Adelaide, and she was trying to drum up, um, uh, you know, um, interest and a movement, you know, in, in New South Wales. So it's, it's, it's a nod to her and I guess also a nod to, um, you know, non-Indigenous family members, you know, aunties and uncles that are in our family that were supportive of my career, friends. You know, they're not perfect but, but and that shows where we are today, you know. But, um, you know, they're going to buy my tickets. They're going to put bums on seats, you know, and, um, and, and, and I just wanted them... And I do that because when, when I get them in, they get lifted left, right and centre with left yeah. hooks, right hooks of emotion. You know what I mean? I don't let them off the hook. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're in there and, and hopefully they're engaging with the story um, intellectually and emotionally and they stay through to the end. And, they, you know, I want the film to create conversation around any issue, you know, that they, that they see see right you know to 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 comment on and um and just knowing um you know there's also an element in there of or you mob would have seen as our dreaming structure you know um uh, professor pauline clagg brought to my well she articulated it i knew i was subconsciously or consciously doing doing it because one of the things was that i wanted to use our interpretation of dreaming stories where you're handing down stories you know in the bullock the simple story of a bullock is 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 something that was experienced. Someone witnessed it. Someone embellished it and gave it to someone else. They embellished it and retold it. And then you come back to Danny telling his children. You yeah. know, we've seen Dreamtime stories being created up on film, like Ten Canoes, for example. But I and I have to go back and watch it. But I'm pretty sure I can say that it's not on that structure. It's told in a in a pure um, film structure, three act structure. You know, looking at all the just from a blackfellas perspective that very after that first frame of um molly in the wagon that next frame where you go in that mist you know that's cultural that was mm. a warning for mob the uh, the um the narigo mob and the wogaloo to come down out of the mountains and um and 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 because winter was coming and danny says that you know, the first mist is rose and what are you doing here, Yarika? You know, yeah. Molly's feet on the snow as she's walking to her death is the probably the most, yeah. the most she's been alive. She's back to her roots. She's touching the earth. She's being stimulated by the ice going to her death. But it's her most, because prior to that, she was a woman under the thumb. The only thing she felt was pain, you know, and she just knew that she, she had somewhere to go because she was a black woman that had spiritual faith now, you know, and, and um, so there's so many levels that I hope, you know, people can go away and have a think about and that they felt empowered because as a storyteller, I've always written two sort of films or plays where mob will get one story, the Miglu fellas will get another story. You know, if they get this, then that's a bonus. But as, but, but as I wanted the mob to feel empowered by that's a reputation of up there you know the stolen generations the domestic violence but also the hope and what family brings and and us as storytellers that's what we have now and that's what we've got to be able to articulate to the world 
Yeah, it's beautifully um, researched and like in terms of, yeah, like you talk about that cultural stuff and then even there's a part in it where you mentioned Maloga mission. That's my mob's mission um, oh, before Kamagunja and Daniel Matthews, like who was yeah. the teacher who educated us mob. And uh, yeah, yeah, so beautifully researched. What, tell us, uh, how was that research stuff? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's this it's, old fella here. It's all there, so yeah. when he, So you know the bit about the circus where he goes, he was given to a South African circus. We're not sure yeah. if he was given, stolen, went for slave labour, but he ended up on that Phyllis Circus, 1891, to the east coast of Australia from 1891 to 1893, and they left him destitute in Melbourne. He ended up in Pentridge Prison. Wow and was almost dead. He was naked, and Father Daniel Matthews was doing the rounds, and he shone a candle. Oh, I wish I would have known, bro. I would have read that little yeah. bit. I don't know where it is in this diary. But um, hang on, let me just look at it quickly. No, that's not it. Um, but Daniel but, uh, Matthews took him home. Daniel right? Matthews, yeah. yeah, took him back to the Mulga Mission. Yeah. Mulga Mission, yeah. And, and, and he became a house black, so mm -hmm. he was trusted, and him and Winter, a young girl, and and Daniel's wife, Honor, and his yeah, daughter. Sarah Matthews, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the daughter, eh, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she they taught him to read, write, and play the tuba. Yeah. And he always kept running away. He ran away about five times and taught all their mob tour up. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 he yeah. was they trusted him. And then he worked out that if he became a good black mm -hmm. and did his um Christian lessons because daniel was going on a um pilgrimage whatever you call it what do you call it now what's the word Come on. pilgrimage yeah thank you to queensland <laughs> to queensland so grandfather said all right i'll come with you and i'll be good but no more as soon as he got over that border knew where he was he took off took off to eh? yeah that, <laughs> yeah so you know he took off but unfortunately they caught him put him on fraser island and that's where he met my grandfather's mother and, wow. and then they went to Yarrabah and then down to Sherbourg. But, but yeah, so, you know, I love being able to take a little bit of my family's story and make it a strong foundation because then as, as me as a writer, I know I can bounce off that. But I love looking, like, even in the book, I so enjoyed um, doing the research for Louisa and Nate Clintoff and putting them in Australian factual things that happen back in the day, you know, yep. I'm working on the TV series and at the moment Danny's going to be there when they name um, Canberra because he wants to get into the politics. He's kind of thinking that he can try to push legislation for his mother and battered mm -hmm. wives and also looking at the Indigenous people because he knows he spent four years up in the mountain with the mob and, and, and how they were hunted and massacred and he wanted to make change. So I, I just, I love, and you know, I failed school. I just got through. I did grade 12. But I've, I'm making up for it now in my studiousness. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's too you know, diving in and looking at history, you know, but I love history and I love who we are as a people. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's hard, but it, it's, 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 it's opening all our eyes, you know, and our younger generation, reminding them where we come from and what privileges they have now is because of this past yeah. and what we are fighting for, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and just, I guess it's pretty controversial um, reclaiming um, the drover's wife as a, as a, as a black woman. How have people received that? Like, has you've done a few festivals? Yeah. Um, but is it controversial? Is it kind of you know rough and feathers? What? Oh, look, not that I, not that anyone said to my face. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
<laughs> but you know, there's been, I think someone said, Oh, that's not Henry Lawson's, you know, in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we went, Well, no, it's not. That's the point, you know. Yeah. Um, it's about <laughs> and um and 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 so you know, it look, if I put my producer's hat on for a minute. It was something when I sat down, I said, I know that I'm going to get an audience with this story from 16-year-olds because they're retelling the Henry Lawson, um, you know, story and Banjo Patterson's poems in school. Um, And I know that I'm going to get an audience from 16-year-olds to 80-year-olds that can get to the theatre thinking that they might be coming to get the original original interpretation of Henry Lawson. Gunna, gunna. Um, and, you know, and then get a nice surprise, I hope. And, and, and look, one of, the, one of the things that was really nice that I did hear at the play, there were two elderly women that were there, white ones. They had their walk-in frames and, and the artistic director was walking behind them as they were leaving and one of them turned around and said, well, that is our history. You know, oh, beautiful. And so you know, so that was that was nice. And as I said, I just I want to bring about understanding. Lawson didn't have that knowledge of to write from a black perspective and doing the stereotypical thing how they saw Indigenous mob, First Nations mob in those times. Um, and I've just you know righted righted that wrong of his and gave them a voice and put them in in power you know there's going to be lovers there's going to be haters I can't I can't have that on my mind when I'm doing this sort of stuff you've just got to hope that you've got a story I've I've looked at balance um but first and foremost I'm a truth teller for my mob um you know uh, that's all I know growing up and you know that's what I want to tell my stories for and giving back that power, you know, it's important. So, yeah. you know, I can't please everyone. There's, you know, but at the moment, you know, and I can't wait to have that debate. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, like, yeah, I think it could prick. I mean, it could ruffle a few, a few feathers once it's released. It's released in a month's time, isn't it? Yeah. In yes, Australia. No yeah. Yeah. <laughs> May fifth. Um, I might just open up the floor and ask anyone here if they've got any questions for Leah, um, and I'll relay it when you yelled out. Well, can, Rachel Mazza here. I just cannot un, uh, work out how you direct yourself. You could have got someone else to direct it, but you directed it, you wrote it, and you're in it. How was that experience? Look, I loved it. I think, you know, having 30 years now in the industry, I wanted, I like to challenge myself. Um, so I challenged myself in the writing of it, um, the research of it. You know, acting roles can only do so much. And I've always written, you know, coming from other people that aren't Indigenous. And I've and I've always written myself in my own lead roles, you know, to tell my stories um, from my personal perspective. Um, I was ready as a director. I had directed myself in um, a couple of one-person shows, one-woman shows, um, Dr. Ruby Langford-Ginneby, um, Annie Ruby um, Langford, mm-hmm. Don't Take Your Love to Town. I, um, myself and Eamon Flack from Belvoir did an adaptation of that book and I played her. A two-hour yeah. monologue, Rach, anyone, McGuinness Book of Records, what? <laughs> she records, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, so, you know, having that experience of directing myself and going crazy in that process for theatre, um, that's a lot weirder and a lot harder 
than than what it is in film because of course you do turn it on you turn it off and you go look at the monitor and I can assess stuff and 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 build and grow um but when you're on in theater it's a little bit different because other than getting someone else to critique your work you sort of you just got to go on instinct um it's not for everyone it was blooming hard to have all those hats but I I made sure that I had all the people in my heads of department from my DOP, 20 years we've worked together, first AD, 20, 10 years in TV, my script supervisor, continuity person, um, 10 years, and she was there for my first um, in, in, in TV world. Uh, my editor, 20 years, she edited my first short film, Rachel, and Maggie and the Womba Wakun was in it. So I made yes, sure. Yes, that's right. That's yeah, I made, yeah, I made sure that my heads of department were, were, around me and we had a good strong team um some of the team from the play like Tess Schofield who did the the costumes came across because I knew that was one less story or one less yarn one less meeting where I had to sit down because I knew they could relay those messages you know and then also keeping it open to my actors I was very honest with them I said I I wrote this I know your lines I'm going to direct you I'm in your face and I'm going to be there as your lead right so if you don't want to do this, you don't have to, but please do. No, Gavin. I said, but, <laughs> but I said, it's an opportunity for you to know what to expect. And I hope that you take that challenge. And I also said to them, if there was ever a close-up where you actually got sick of me being in your face and you'd like me to step away. And what I did have was a, a um, uh, it was like a body double um, just for the acting so that when I needed to block a scene, she knew the scene, she knew the lines so she could walk it. So it was like palais and chest. Chess, I could move her around. And then um, um, I'll tell you a quick yarn. On the first day now, she, I was moving her around, sister there, and I'm looking, setting up that first shot. And it was with um, Rob and Malachi at, when they were sore in the tree and they're sitting there having their little yarn and Molly comes. And then I'm looking there deadly way at the thing and I'm all dressed up and everything. Then I go, all right, great, let's shoot it. And everyone went quiet and they all looked at me and I went, what? They said, you're going to be in it? And I went, oh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I did I did have a moment. I did have a seniors moment. And um, there was only one. There was only one. But, look, you know, it's that's the kind of person I am. I like to set challenges out, mate. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Those kids were amazing. Mm. The animals behaved. I prayed to the ancestors. I do want to acknowledge... Um, the elders of the Narigo that I spoke, um, I spoke to and got permission to be there. Um, Paul House was from the um, 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 Gambri Wongaloo side where we touched, where Paul did a lot with me on the play. Um, uh, where's them old girls? Um, I've got a, uh, I wrote their names in here so I wouldn't forget, of course. Uh, Annie Iris Smith, Annie Doris Payton, and Elder Annie Rachel Mullet for the language and, you know, permission yeah. to be on country to film. And, and what was beautiful is that we also worked together on Jindabyne back in the day that those aunties yeah. reminded me. So it was a beautiful circle, you know, to, to, to come back and show appreciation. They couldn't be there all the time, but they yeah. gave me permission to acknowledge country. And I just prayed to the elders. I asked them to send a prayer out and give to bless me with what the ancestors wanted me to tell. They sent us big winds. They sent us rain. They sent us snow, you know. Uh, that when you seemed, needed to capture that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, that mist, my... Yeah. Um, the um, what do you call it? The time, the time lapse guy, 
Um, uh, Murray Fredericks, he's, he's not just a guy, he's actually a bit of a legend at what he does with time lapse. But he was out and he texted me and he said, Leo, I don't know who you pray to. He said, <laughs> but you, there's mist dancing in this valley. He goes, normally it'll rise and that wind will come. He said, it's been here for three hours and it just moved around. That's what that wow. thing you see with that, that hill and then it clears away to that blue. And yep. he said, I've never experienced that in 25 years or 30 years that he's been behind a camera, you know. And I see, it was meant to be. Yeah, meant to be. That rain with all them kids at the end where they were sitting quiet. You know, I had this big dream of them doing the crobbery with their father, that bullock dance, but no more. That rain came, we only had one, no change of clothes. So I said, no worries. It's We'll sit them on that veranda. And it was it was beautiful, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 if, and if I let them run around, I'd probably be still trying to shoot that scene. So, you know, you just got to go with it. And same with that yeah. wind, Molly going to the, the tree at the end there. There was supposed to be no wind. That big wind came up, a hundred mile per hour wind. If you yeah. went within a foot of someone, you could not hear them, you know. And they went, Leah, what are we going to do? I said, shoot this. It looks eighty million dollars. It's like I got all these big wind machines. I yeah. said, if the ancestors are sending it to me, I'm gonna take it and grab it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else want to ask a question or a comment about the film? Serena, Serena Clanton. Yeah, I can hear a big laugh. <laughs> yeah the question i don't think you could hear that but oh, um yeah Sorry. like you're dealing with history and you're dealing with trauma um and you kind of and you present um you know scenes of rape um you know lots of trauma there uh hanging the hanging um how did you kind of i guess hold that space and um with it yourself and others when you're doing while you're shooting the film yeah, look, it's it's always you know it's 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 hard. It's not easy, but I think sometimes you know it's more for the non-indigenous audience to go. This act, this happened, this happened, and um, you know it's it's acknowledging what our ancestors had went through. Um, to remind people the hardship and that for me anyway I can only speak on for me personally that I'm in a I'm in a good position in life to make something of myself so that their pain and suffering and the trauma that they experience um, is what's the word is 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 not forgotten I'm paying respects to that. And, 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 and to make change for the future. Um, you know, I've, I'm a little bit hardened to it, I guess. You know, the domestic violence comes from me personally experiencing that when I was far too young, you know, um, to be dealing with that. But in a six-year relationship from the age of 14 to 19, um, you know, my friends are witnessing their, their situations and we got to put it in front of people so we can have these conversations and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And yes, it is. It is. And I, you know, if anyone please uh, is feeling the trauma, please reach out to someone, please call lifeline, please speak to someone before you leave, you know? Um, but I hope that you find strength if you are a survivor of police brutality, domestic violence, racism, that you, that you, you know, people receive on a daily basis. 
because of the color of their skin, you know. Um, but but I think I I but I think it's important that that truth be told and shown on on such a wider scale as 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 what we got, you know, with what with what a film gives. Yeah, well, no, it's a beautiful film, and I just yeah, I guess on behalf of all of us here tonight, just want to say thank you for sharing such an amazing story. We're all behind it, and in a month's time, we're going to get out there and make sure that people talk it up and go and check out the film because yeah, it's um, it's a great reflection of our history, who we are, what we've been through. Um, yeah, and I just want to say thank you for your time tonight, Leah, and no for your generosity. Yeah, thank you, and you know, the, the strength in who we are. The strength yeah. in who we are. There's 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 hope out there, you know, and there's strength in who we are. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you.